Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, folks. I am your retardedly handsome host, Peter Timothy Hanks, and today is January 30th, which means I am on day 47 out of 365 straight days. It brings you news, sports, movies, music, entertainment, and all things except politics. In sports news, folks, the Portland Trail Blazers took care of business last night and shut down the Houston Rockets, who had their whole squad on the floor, including Westbrook and James Harden, but that was not enough for the likes of Damian Lillard, who had another career night. I cannot believe this guy didn't get a starting spot in the All-Star game. It makes no sense. I understand that people are obsessed with this Luka Doncic guy, but just look at the week Lillard has had. In fact, the last two weeks, the guy's averaging 48 points a game. This is astronomical numbers right here, folks. It makes no sense to me whatsoever that he is a reserve on the All-Star game. Either way, it's never going to work out in the favor of the Portland Trailblazers as they are the hidden corner Northwest team that no one remembers until somebody on their squad averages 48 points a game in five games, just like Damian Lillard has. And finally, some recognition is going the way of Portland as they deserve it. They're fighting for that eighth spot in the playoffs. I hope they get it. Either way, it looks like they'll probably end up playing the LA Lakers. That's a shame. But this week, they're going to play the Lakers in a regular season game. We'll see what they can do. I know the Lakers have a lot to fight for. We're still all mourning the death of Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace. However, I am on the side of Portland. I am a big Trailblazers fan, and I hope they beat them by 20. Folks, the big news in my personal life, I had previously said that there was an anomaly found in my lung during an x-ray last week. True. 100%. They called me. They said, there's an anomaly. We need you to come back, get some x-rays from a different angle, find out what's happening. Now, I think, yes, that's right. I think I received positive news yesterday. They called me and said that the next round of x-rays were fine. Their exact words were, they were fine, and that I shouldn't worry or call them back unless I have more symptoms. Now, this kind of boggled my mind because symptoms of what? I don't know what symptoms they're talking about. I had an anomaly in my lungs. That's not a symptom. That's a thing you found. And now all of a sudden, do you not see the anomaly? Is it? Did it vanish? I mean, explain to me what this is. They couldn't because, of course, they had their nurse call me and not my actual doctor. So now I'm kind of in limbo wondering, so what do they mean by it's fine? Do they mean it's not such a big anomaly that it's probably a cancerous tumor? Do they mean now the the x-rays showed that it was it was clear, it was blank, so it went away all of a sudden? Or perhaps it was the shirt I was wearing caused some sort of disruption in their x-ray machine. I don't know. But either way, I'm not 100% willing to accept that answer. I'm going to pursue it further. But for right now, folks, it looks like Peter Timothy Hankst does not have a giant cancerous tumor in his lung like I previously did once in my life when I got the news that there was something in there on an x-ray before. When I was 12, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's disease, lymphoma cancer, and it was... 
just by dumb luck that it was even found out. You know, I, I went in there to get my arm x-rayed and somehow a little bit of my lung showed up on the x-ray and they saw a gigantic tumor. In this case, I went in to get my foot x-rayed last week, but since I had trouble breathing uh, that same, uh, a day of that same week, I told them to just for fun do an x-ray on my chest and they found an anomaly. And yet now, the anomaly has apparently vanished. So I don't know what's happening. I'll keep you updated. But for right now, folks, I'm feeling fine. On a cruise ship recently, folks, 7,000 passengers are being held on account of one person potentially having, you guessed it, the coronavirus. I mean, this is absurd. If I was on a cruise and that one person, that one guy or gal or whoever they were, screwed me on my vacation because they might have the coronavirus, they're going overboard. You know, there's 7,000 of you peeps. Even if a 100 of you just decided we're not taking this crap, you could smash into that dude's room, swoop him, you know, wear a mask, of course, in case he does have the coronavirus, and chuck him overboard. This is how they used to do it back in the day. If you were going from Europe to America for a better life and somebody had some crazy messed up illness, you know what they would do in the middle of the ocean? They'd make you walk the plank. That's what you got to do in this situation, folks. Don't be sitting there letting them, you know, huddle you into your room for days at a time and you're not going to enjoy your vacation anymore. That's crap. You know, get that dude off the boat now. Put him on a you know, a little life preserver raft thing and send him back to the closest piece of land he can find. Let those people deal with it. At least they can go somewhere else. But when you're stuck on a boat and you can't do any activities, you can't go to the little restaurants, you can't play little games and do some karaoke, all because of one guy who has the coronavirus, that's enough to make me pretty pissed off. <laughs> Now, I love this, folks. They found an almost mile-long tunnel. The longest one they've ever found coming from, of course, TJ, Tijuana, for those who don't know that we call it TJ down here, all the way into San Diego. I mean, this thing was intricate. It has air ventilation. It has a pump for the water that goes and drains down there. I mean, this thing has it all. It has a, a system of rails. You can slide tons of drugs through there. This thing was made by some professionals. I'm actually proud. I mean, you got away with a ton of stuff before they busted this thing. And how, how long had it been in use, I wonder? I mean, there's probably years of smuggling that occurred in this tunnel before we finally figured it out and it ended directly in a warehouse district where they probably had a giant warehouse that it just opened up to that they could just fill up a bunch of trucks and ship all this stuff out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't agree with why it existed, but I am both flabbergasted and impressed that this was able to take place. They say that the borders are secure already and we don't need to worry about anything else and, and how dare we try and build a wall, all these things. But look at what is happening here. A mile-long tunnel directly next door to me where I'm basically, I could have been walking on the street above people 
who were smuggling, I don't know, drugs, humans, you know, meth, all kinds of messed up stuff. That is crazy. This is like some caveman stuff. I mean, this is like, oh, how do we break out of prison? Let's use a spoon to dig a hole. Well, how do we smuggle a bunch of drugs? Let's use a shovel to dig a mile-long tunnel into America. I don't even know how that happens. Investigators, on my, in my opinion, are just idiots for letting this even get finished, much less be in use for probably years. Like, how bad are you at your job? You must really, you know, hit yourself in the head when you find this thing and, and say, Oh, no wonder there's a ton of Mexican super meth being shipped into America. We had a giant tunnel right underneath our feet. Morons. So there's always the controversy that we don't need a new, more improved wall in California, especially here in Cali, because they're all, they're all against it, because there's already a wall or a fence, and it's fine. And yet, a couple days ago, a part of the wall, if you will, actually flew over because of the wind. Now, let me say just one quick thing. If the wind can knock down the current infrastructure stopping the flow of illegal drugs, immigrants, and human trafficking, then I'm pretty sure human beings can make their way across with ease. I mean, the wind knocked it over, folks. We need a stronger barrier. It's sad that there's some people who want to cause harm and bad things in our country and come from over there and do stuff over here and then can go back and forth with no repercussions. And don't get me wrong, it would be cool if I had a place where I could go, you know, break a bunch of laws, do a bunch of illegal crap, and then just waltz back to where I'm from and have no repercussions of any kind. But there is not that option for me. Because I'm already in the place that everyone else wants to be in. So it is not fair to leave a giant open gap around some people who want to be safe in an area where there's tons of crime. I mean, let's put it this way. If you think there shouldn't be a wall, then maybe you should go over to the other side and, and live for a while and see what it's like. And then when you realize it, for the most part, the border cities on the other side are just crime-ridden and are terrible places to live, then you'll want to come back. But you won't be able to because we'll have built a secure border by then because that's what we need to do. I'm not saying people should not come here if they want to. Everyone should be able to go after the American dream. But when a piece of the border wall in my own state can be knocked over by the wind, then why is it even there at all? Just wipe that piece of crap out and use the material to build, I guess, a little bit better version of that because, you know, it's not strong when the wind knocks it over. The wind out here is not very strong. We don't have tornadoes, all right? There's never been a time where I've been worried that the wind was too strong for anything, anything at all. And I live right by the ocean where there's very strong winds for like 
people to go surfing and things, but that's not even close to an entire wall being knocked over by some light breeze that flew by. I think it's time we address the crusty, old, rusted-out, metal 1970s or 80s fence that is now in place that should get swapped out, I'm pretty sure, for a new piece of infrastructure to ensure that no more smuggling and drugs use and all these things that happen back and forth across the border. I mean, just look at the tunnel. There's tunnels now underneath me, and now there's walls getting knocked over. It's mayhem. It's already begun, folks, in Santa Cruz, California. That's right, here in the middle of our state. They have decriminalized the use and growing of mushrooms. Yep. Shrooms, folks. Shroomies. Brooms. Mushies. Whatever you want to call them. They're awesome. This is a long time coming and shouldn't have taken this long because let's face facts. It's a fungus. It's going to grow on its own no matter what. It grows on cow shit. You can't criminalize cow shit. There's cow shit everywhere. So, of course, it's time to decriminalize shrooms. Not to mention, shrooms are not an addictive drug. You take shrooms once, and you don't want to do them again for at least a few months. Because it makes you feel like complete shit. You'll probably puke if you've never done them before, or at least have shroom diarrhea, which is horrible. But during the time that you take them, you'll have a fantastic time. I recommend that every single person in this world try shrooms before they die. I'm telling you, it's a wonderful time. It broadens your horizon. It opens your mind up to a view of the world you've never seen it through. It is a way to tap into a spiritual part of your mind you may not have known you even had. This is the key to understanding the universe. Take shrooms. Try them. Highly recommended. And don't waste your time and have like, you know, a little cap and think you're going to get messed up. And, and don't smoke a shroom or try and make tea out of it or anything weird. Just get yourself an eighth, which is one eighth of an ounce. That's 3.5 grams. One whole eighth for yourself. Grind them up in a coffee grinder. Swig them down with orange juice. On an empty stomach, preferably. And enjoy your trip. Don't do them out in public while you're walking the street. Don't do them at a rave. Don't do them anywhere stupid. Do them at your house. Do them in the woods with friends while camping. This will be an experience you will cherish. You will remember it for the rest of your life because the rest of your life will be different now. You won't look at things the same. It allows you to tap into a portion of your mind that you have probably never unlocked before. And this is now legal well, not legal, but decriminalized in Santa Cruz, which means if you're caught with a bag of shrooms on the street, you're not going to go to jail. They're going to take the shrooms and write you a ticket. That's the way it should be, because you shouldn't have them on you on the street. You should have them in your house, like a normal shroom-taking individual. And don't get me wrong, 
if you have many a responsibility, children, a job, you know, a house to upkeep, you're not going to get anything done that day. So prepare yourself to have nothing to do whatsoever except shroom. Because otherwise, you're going to be rolling around the ground, staring at your hand, you know, smoking a pack of cigarettes, just being all messed up the whole day with the giggles, and you will not accomplish crap. But what you will accomplish is the one time in your life where you'll see the world from an angle that'll make you understand things more. And I hate to admit it, we all need to do this at least one time before we die. We need to. Go take shrooms. It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett Podcast we all cherish so dang much. It is Real Stories, brought to you by Peter Timothy Hanks and Barbecue, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N. And today, folks, I'm going to tell you about a time I actually had a stroke of really good luck. Now, that rarely happens to me. I feel as though a lot of the, the world's bad luck just gets tossed my direction constantly as it knows that for some reason I'm capable of withstanding it. But in this circumstance, I was visiting my home, my original home, up in the Pacific Northwest. I was, you know, I'd moved to San Diego for a few years at the time, and it was time for me to go back and visit some friends. But at this time, I had met my one of my now best friends ever by the name of Jorge Ramirez. He actually calls himself George. He's from the Midwest. He's born and raised in the Chicago suburbs. So, you know, he's very Americanized. But his name is George. And he wanted to experience Portland with me. He was like, hey, man, you know, I've heard all these great things. Plus, he's a skater. So, you know, he knew about Burnside and some cool spots where he could skate in Portland. And he figured, why not roll with you up to, you know, you being me, up to Oregon and see what it's all about. So I told him I'd show him some cool spots. We'd have a good time. And then we would part ways. And he was going to hang out there a few extra days than I when I went up to Alaska. So we went up to Portland. And, you know, we partied it up. Same thing happens every time to me when I'm up there. I say, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to party. I won't do this. I won't. And what happens? Everybody I know wants to meet me at the bar. They want to buy me drinks. They want to call me a pussy if I refuse. And I can't take it, so I just give in. So this was one of those times. And, you know, I didn't have much money to go up there with. But I knew I had to go up there. It was, it was a priority. I wanted to see my friends and family. You know, I have an aunt and uncle up there, some cousins. It was an important thing for me to do. So after a couple days, I was low on funds. I'm talking, I didn't have much cash left and I needed some dollars. So we were just hanging out one night and I was thinking, man, this is my last night here. I am about to go up to Alaska with little to nothing. I mean, I don't even have enough money to get a cab to the airport. Luckily, there's a thing called the Max that takes you all the way there for a couple bucks. So that's all I needed was the couple bucks to get to the airport. But I wasn't going to have any money for food. You know, I wasn't going to have any way to get some weed before I went up to Alaska. And I wasn't sure if there was going to be weed available for me up there. You know, it's Alaska. Maybe they have some, maybe not. But I knew that I had the available, like, world's dankest bud in front of me being in Portland, Oregon. So I was with my friend George, and I was like, hey, man, you know what? 
We need to smoke one last time here in Oregon, and we need to get the real feeling of what we did when I lived there, which was go out in the woods and smoke a bowl of good reefer and enjoy the outdoors. That's what you do when you are in Oregon. So I know about a place not far from where I once lived, and it's called Whispering Woods. Now, if you know the layout of Hillsborough and Beaverton, Oregon, in between the two, there's a place called Aloha. It's not very big. It's quite small indeed, but it is a town in itself. It's actually a community, and people up there, they know what Aloha is. And in Aloha is the Whispering Woods, which is off of Johnson Street and 185th. That means nothing to most of you, but for anyone who knows that area, they know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a nice place. Now, it's right next to a few houses. I mean, as soon as you go in there, it's all woods. But there's houses around it because that's the way it is up there in Oregon. People like living by the woods. They can get out of their house, go straight in there, you know, do whatever you want. Scream, yell, hunt, fish, all those things. So we go to this Whispering Woods, and as we pull up, even though it's dark, I'm saying 7 p.m., you know, the sun's gone down, it's, it's getting pretty dark, maybe 7.30, uh, we pull up and I can immediately see a whole bunch of money on the street. So I jump out of the car that we're in and I yell, mine! And I grab cash left and right. There's just money laying on the street at the entrance to these woods that I miraculously decided for no reason we needed to go to while broke is a joke with no money left. And I grab 120 Another 20, another 20, a 5, a 10, some 1s. I ended up with like 85 bucks. Even my friend George, who was with me, got himself 20 or 30 bucks too. I don't know what happened here, folks. I never find money ever. And I know people that randomly always find money. Like, I've been walking with somebody, and they found a $100 bill right next to me. I don't know how that's possible that I didn't find it, but it happened to them. But for me... I never find money, and this was the one time that I needed money so bad, and there I go, finding almost a hundred bucks in separate bills on my way to smoke weed in the woods, which proves that sometimes the best choice we can make is to go to the woods and smoke reefer. If I had not decided that, I would have had no dinero to go up to Alaska with, but instead I had enough to grab some wax, which I hid in my shoe, to ensure that if there was weed in Alaska, I could make it danker by capping it with a nice slab of wax, which I did do eventually, and I had some cash to buy dinner while I was up there. So it, I don't know if it was fate, I don't know if the, the money gods were looking down on me on that day, or if some stupid dumbass just like pulled something out of their pockets which happened to also slip out a whole bunch of cash they had, and they didn't notice somehow. I mean, it had to have something to do with drugs, in my opinion. Maybe there was a, a drug deal that was about to take place, and things went awry, and, you know, some money was tossed around, or the cops came, and people ran. I don't know what happened, but there was nothing except money there. There was no wallet, there was no identification, a bag, not a thing. Just pure cash on the street. Now, I wish that would happen to me every freaking day, and it's not going to. It'll probably never happen again, because the likelihood of that occurring 
is the likelihood of like winning a small lottery or something, which I've never won ever. And you know what? I sometimes play because I, I just can't resist. If it's like $350 million, how can you not buy a $2 ticket and possibly win $350 million? I just don't know. But this was one circumstance, folks, where again, I must say, it was the correct choice to travel a distance to go smoke marijuana in the woods. It made me have a bunch of money. And there you have it, folks. Thank you very much for tuning in to today's Peter Gabbett podcast. It means the world to me. I hope you listen every day. I'm going to get better at this. I'm going to get good equipment eventually. After the first year of all these podcasts come together, I am certain I'll be at a place where I will then have just a radio personality and everyone will know about the Peter Gabbett podcast. I can move from that to something bigger and better. And if not, it doesn't matter to me because I'm doing this solely for the entertainment of both myself and my small group of friends and eventually my children because they'll be able to listen and find out how truly nuts their father actually is. Now, thank you once again. Have a beautiful day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Now, some people out there, folks, they are a national treasure. I'm talking Kobe Bryant. I'm talking just... People who mean everything to us. Cher, you know, Celine Dion to Canada, and Shakira to Mexico. These people are national treasures. But there's also some folks out there that are a national disgrace. And in fact, I may be one of those. So here's National Disgrace by Atmosphere. Have you seen my self-esteem? Where the hell'd you put it? Oh wait, never mind. I found it in a bottle. Drunk at the troubadour, talking to a model. Wrecked the rental on Santa Monica Boulevard. I was headed to the elevator, slap a security guard. Proud and stubborn, loud and arrogant. Is American as apple pie and embarrassment. Package the kid's face, put it on display. Look, ma, another national disgrace. Dumb and ignorant, drunk and belligerent. Open up your heart, y'all. Come on and let me in. Package the kid's face, put it on display. Look, ma, another national disgrace. The liquor gets hold of the head, liver, soul Blurry on 6th Street and Red River Road Last thing I remember was the Ogden Theater Backstage bathroom, making out with all three of y'all Kicked out of Top Cats, for where I put the vomit at Found me passed out in a laundromat Malnourished and topless, slurring and obnoxious Like, yo, we got this Zodiac killer's about to rock this That's the great American musical, pissing on the box off Pick apart the detail, alcohol and female All around the world, same shit Houston and Ludlow, Max Fish Vampire you pour the beer and I'll bring the satire No problem, I'll play the party doorknob And make it look so good you're gonna wish that it was your job Proud and stubborn, loud and arrogant 
is American as apple pie and embarrassment Package the kid's face, put it on display Look, ma, another national disgrace Dumb and ignorant, drunk and belligerent Open up your heart, y'all, come on and let me in Package the kid's face, put it on display Look, ma, another national disgrace It's all about the hangovers and late checkouts Made banging on the door like Wake up, get out Come on, mommy Y'all probably don't want me Coming out like a zombie Brushing teeth in the lobby This is a career, not a hobby Ain't no reason to fear What you wanna see Hey, Papa Bazzi Don't you wanna watch me Quote the Fonzie And then crash this Maserati Sweatpants, t-shirt, mesh hat, blue blockers Eating Jack D to a room full of teeny boppers Howdy, neighbor Take a shot for flavor Let's debate whether or not We should punch the waiter I'm just kidding Let's love each other It goes lick, swallow, suck and order another Do what you like Don't nobody care It's a sign of success Only in America Proud and stubborn Loud and arrogant Is American As apple pie And embarrassment Package the kid's face Put it on display Look ma Another national disgrace Dumb and ignorant Drunk and belligerent Open up your heart y'all Come on and let me in Package the kid's face Put it on display Look ma Another national disgrace Trouble or hurt no one. Never that. Uh -uh.